Hello everyone and welcome to Marvelous Movie Mondays. I'm the one with the mug of something this week because I am very tired, but Kelsey is still on Ireland time. Kelsey, welcome back. Uh, they've seen you every Monday, but uh, I have not seen you every Monday because we pre-taped the last uh, few, several episodes. So how are you doing, Kelsey? How is uh, Ireland? Tell us. Oh, I'm doing great, Dill. Ireland was great. It's a really beautiful country. Wow. Great Everything with two syllables. So That's amazing. nice there. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> Because I said great, is that yeah? Is that what you mean? yeah? It, 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 it's a country that deserves a two-syllable great. It was oh, yeah. really, really awesome, and I saw so many beautiful things, and went to so many cool museums, and saw castles, and there's like, it's just beautiful there, and oh. I can't wait to go back. And the, and I had more potatoes than I can absolutely <laughs> like even. That's good. Like I'm done with potatoes. I think for the next year. <laughs> I was gonna say if there's a food to like get a lot of though, potatoes isn't a bad one. You know, like it could have yeah, been like yeah. haggis. Just, like, I feel like in America, like we just like oh yeah, we associate Ireland with potatoes, and we think it's like cute and like an aesthetic. Like no, like they <laughs> love the potato there. Like they. Wow. I went to a restaurant and on their napkins, like their logo for the restaurant was like the spud, the simple spud reimagined or something like that. And I was like, that's I'm, amazing. I'm a simple spud that's been reimagined. I love that. It made me feel hopeful. I yeah. don't know. Well, yeah, we're back to talk about Marvel and we actually have Marvel stuff to talk about. We have two Marvel episodes of What If. Um, which we'll get into in a second, but uh, news-wise, I mean, I don't know if the Ireland stuff was your news or uh, if you have other news, but I think the big news this week was the Eternals trailer. Mm -hmm. um, have you seen it yet, Kels? Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, I yeah. watched it as soon as you sent it to me. <laughs> yep, I, yep. Because uh, I, I saw it, like, as soon as it... Because they dropped it in, like, the middle of the night, at least where I am. So maybe it was someone in Ireland who dropped it because they were, like... It was, like... 4 a.m. here and I was up because I'm a night owl so I was like all right I sent it to you I was like all right here it goes um that's interesting because yeah. I'm thinking like maybe they because I'm thinking that they probably whoever's dropping it was dropping it on California time so maybe they were yeah. waiting around for midnight California time I don't know yeah maybe it was midnight and it just oh yeah maybe yeah maybe um anyway looked really really good I think mm -hmm. this is a better understanding of the tone and like visual aesthetic of the movie because the first one it was just kind of like all right, like we're getting a lot of like big wide shots, but this was more like the intimate character moments, and like we got a little bit more of the humor because Chloe Zhao's movies, like the humor is is there, but it's more of like just regular people talking, and sometimes they say things that are like endearingly funny, but it's not like there are no jokes written in. Um, mm -hmm. But this one, it's interesting because you have the Marvel formula of like having jokes written in, so I thought it was interesting. I loved how they finally put her name on the trailer. Um, cause, cause the, that's the one thing I had a complaint about last time and they, uh, they watched the show. So thank you, Kevin Feige. Thanks for watching. Cause you heard me and you put, they took our notes. you put Chloe Zhao's name on the trailer, but what, what do you think, Kels? Well, I liked how it answered a lot of questions that I feel like a lot of people wa walked away with, with like the first kind of like teaser trailer where it was like, okay, you've been sitting back and watching the universe just kind of fall apart and you're not stepping in until right now. So we kind of mm -hmm. learned a little bit more about the main antagonists in these films, which are called, I think, like I, I was hearing the word demons. Yeah. I'm sure like there's a different word or it's a word very close to that, but because of the snap that brought half the population and all living things back, it kind of opened up this, uh, or maybe they're called celestials. 
I'm not sure. Well, like, we'll find out um, in a few that. months. Um, uh, yeah. It kind of like opened up this opportunity. There's like, I guess, cracks in the universe now where these beings that, you know, were tormenting the earth, I think like 7,000 or 70,000 something thousand years ago mm. um, are reemerging. And now the Eternals swore that they would never intervene with like the human race of the universe again, unless these beings came back and now that yeah. they're coming back. This is why we're getting the Eternals back. So I liked how someone was like, okay, so you just saw like Thanos snap away half the population and like all this like bad shit go down and you haven't intervened until now. Right. And I like how they kind of, you know, really yeah. spelled it out for us. Why. That's going to be, yeah, that's going to be one of the toughest things like going forward is if you're doing any superheroes that are new that were around and had powers during the Thanos stuff, you got to explain what, why we didn't see them. Um, right. Or you can just say, oh, he was like with Howard the Duck. You know, he was there. It's just you didn't see him. He was in the background because right. there are yeah. a lot of warriors and stuff that you didn't see. But uh, I agree. Like, that's an interesting question. Um, the cast has me excited. Like, I like to see a little bit more of like Richard Madden's stuff in this trailer because he's amazing. And mm -hmm. um, I, I just I have really, really high hopes now even more than I did before. Yeah. Um, my only concern about this though, and I really just thought of this as we, as we were talking about it was it's giving me a lot of like, I want to say like early Thor movie and okay. like kind of Dr. Strange esque aesthetics and like yep. feelings. And I just like, I'm afraid that we're all going to do to this movie, what we did to like Thor, the dark world and like Doctor Strange, where we're not going to appreciate it as much because it is so different and it does mm -hmm. have like a very different vibe yeah. to it. And, you know, these these all these heroes have different powers and different styles. So I'm like, I hope that we all like respect this movie for what it is. And hopefully like we're not going into it with the like going in on the wrong foot. You know, I want yeah. everyone to, as a fandom for us to just be like open minded, because I think it's important that you know, Marvel does different things. And mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Putting out like the same formulaic, you know, three act movies that we always do. You know, what and I'm I saying? think so. aside from the big Avengers movies that almost like have a formula because you need it with so many characters, I feel like some of the newer movies, as good as they are, sometimes they feel formulaic, especially mm -hmm. at the ends. You know, like I think the weakest part of like Black Panther is the end because it's just kind of your generic fight sequence. Like it's not anything interesting. Um, so like I, I think there are movies like that that need some. There needs to be some sort of new life breathed into these movies, and we love these movies. But I do agree. Like I, I think we need to find new ways to make it even more innovative, and that's why. I mean, DC talk, but I love the Suicide Squad that just came out because it was like James Gunn being like. So, like, I did the family thing with Guardians, but now I have an R-rated budget, and I want to, like, tear some heads off also. And, mm -hmm. you, you know, have John Cena screaming the F-word while in tidy whities And I'm like, that's, that's like, you know, that's, I think the direction superhero films need to go in is, like, just saying, hey, like, let's do something fucking different. And if it misses, at least we tried and made something interesting. So, um, speaking of interesting and different... Let's talk about what if, because uh, unless you have other news, Kels. Do you have... No, no, okay, that's yeah. good. I, just I was going to say, yeah. 
and potatoes. Um, so uh, we get two episodes. We're going to talk about both. And we're not going to do it the traditional way where we kind of break down scene by scene by scene. Because a lot of these scenes are scenes we've seen already just recontextualized with other characters in different roles. Um, and, you know, it's basically that the premise is what is in the title. You know, it's like that's mm. what it is about. And that's kind of what it is. We'll just kind of talk about like the animation, the voice acting and like the actual stories and whether we thought they were interesting takes. Um whether we'd like to see more of this if this were to expand because i think yeah. part of the series could be like hey we're gonna do all these little stories and then maybe if one really takes well let, like let's go full steam ahead and make its own mini series um because i like the animation i think they should stick with animation if they do like a captain carter series or a t'challa well they can't do a t'challa star lord series but um those are the two episodes we're talking about so Kels, let's start with uh, what if Captain Carter were the first Avenger? Uh, I'm assuming you have a little synopsis for us. I do. I do yeah. have a little synopsis. It's kind of weak. It's not one of my better synopsis. Well, the synopsis but... is also the title of the episode, but uh, yeah, exactly. give it to us. <laughs> so it, it, I'm essentially just rewording the title here. Right. Um, so due to a change in events, Peggy Carter takes the super soldier serum and becomes Captain Carter. Nice. So what I did, Dill, instead of obviously a traditional scene by scene breakdown, is I just kind of like starred like key differences throughout the movie as yeah. to uh, the movie uh, throughout the show, the show as yeah. to like how it kind of like happened mm -hmm. differently in yeah. this one compared to Captain America: The First Avengers. Yeah. Before we get into that though, do you want to talk about just the Watcher in general? Um, because like I he's kind of. All right, are we gonna start I with that? You took the words right out of my mouth. Kels, well, we're we're on the same wavelength, even though I'm like a zombie sleepwalking right now. So we are on the same wavelength. Even just say what you were gonna say. <laughs> I was, you know, on another continent. We still managed to stay on the same wavelength. Yep. So just a simple spud. This all the episodes start with a narration from this character called the Watcher. Um, he in the beginning he says time space reality those you know he just name drops three out of the six infinity stones um, and this particular watcher I'm not sure if it's him or if it's just a generic watcher but the watcher one watcher at least because they are a group of beings um, in the comic books has a name and this one might be Uatu I'm that's okay. how I'm choosing to pronounce it it's spelled U-A-T-U Okay. So that's my best attempt at that. Um, mm. And the Watchers are the oldest beings in the universe. They observe and, and compile knowledge on all aspects of the universe without interference. And fun fact, they are the beings that Stan Lee is talking to yep. in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yeah. Um, a few episodes ago when we were talking about um, <laughs> Loki and the Timekeepers, mm -hmm. I mistook them for the Timekeepers. Um, but I wasn't that far off because they ended up coming back anyway. And mm -hmm. it, they in the form of the watchers. And it's um, interesting because they're not like, they have no influence. Like, I really don't think he, he influences the stories. He just watches. He's like, he what if? And, and that's the narrator. beauty. That's the beauty of the series is it's like, it's not meant to be like this. Like, oh, how does this fit into the universe? It's just, this is a story. All right. On to the next one. And I kind of like that because mm -hmm. it doesn't all have to be connected. And I think that's the one thing that phase one was kind of beautiful for was that mm -hmm. it didn't need to be connective tissue to everything else that was to come later whereas i feel like nowadays it's like spider-man homecoming and black panther like they still end up tying it back like it's all about the bigger picture um and that's why i like this series just off the bat so yeah 
So they're actually connected to a main storyline involving the Fantastic Four. I found through my oh. research. And well, I as guess you know, I guess it is connected. Four are coming. <laughs> Sorry, not to discredit everything that you just said. No, I mean, this fine. could be totally off, but we did get the Fantastic Four logo in that like major, you know, what's yeah. coming next in the MCU uh, video that we got a few months ago. So who knows? Maybe maybe mm-hmm. they are connected. Maybe he is just our narrator yeah. for this um, anthology yeah. series. I could see the Watcher being connected, but like I think these actual stories, like oh, yeah. it's meant to be just like their own bottles. Like I don't think oh, it's supposed yeah. to be like now in this universe. You know, Peggy is the Captain America or Captain Carter, and then mm. T'Challa, Star Lord, and they're like they're gonna meet. Like it's not gonna connect those stories together. Yeah, no, um, I yeah. don't think so at all. Um, so basically what are major differences between Captain America, the first Avenger, and uh, this episode is that the secret Hydra agent that comes in to observe Steve getting the serum and going into the chamber, um, instead of blowing up the room after he gets in the chamber and having that whole chief, uh, chase sequence with, you know, Steve, he's, you know, getting into his like mm-hmm. new superhero body. Eventually he gets him all that doesn't happen he decides to blow up the room and cause mayhem before steve even gets into the chamber he kills uh stanley tucci's character the doctor he you know takes out a other a few others and ends up shooting steve twice so that in it um doesn't that makes it steve unable to go into the yeah. chamber and get the serum uh so peggy takes on for the team gets into the chamber howard stark you know flips flips the switch and she becomes captain carter in that moment um i had like thoughts but i think i'll just go through like the major like plot things and then i'll like give my thoughts i guess yeah um so instead of the tesseract being the main thing that they battle for at the end like we see in captain america the uh first avenger i almost said the winter soldier uh (laughs) peggy gets the dr zola and the tesseract in one scene in one foul swoop she collects both because you know she's a badass and uh stark uses the tesseract to build what it is essentially an iron man suit called the hydra stomper for steve so he can also fight in the war so Peggy and Steve kind of have this like dynamic duo thing going for them throughout the episode where Mm -hmm. they're taking on missions together. Um, When they go to rescue the Howling Commandos, Bucky isn't off somewhere getting experimented on, I guess because they don't have the Tesseract. Right. Um, I wasn't sure like why Bucky wasn't, you know, becoming in the process of becoming the Winter Soldier in this one. I wasn't Mm -hmm. sure exactly how that connected, but he's, with the rest of the Howling Commandos in the cages. So yeah. Bucky's not in the process of becoming the Winter Soldier in this uh, storyline. Um, uh, and then that cuts to the train sequence. So instead of Bucky being the one who falls to what we assume is his death, Steve right. is the one who ends up uh, falling off the cliff and falling to what they believe to be his death. And so I wrote down, even in this storyline, Steve still somehow ended up in the ice. Regardless <laughs> of if it's Captain America, yeah. First Avenger, or here, he still ended up in the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end, um, instead of just fighting Red Skull, um, Red Skull actually uses the Tesseract. I'm not sure how he got it back. I watched this episode twice, but Red Skull still ended up with the Tesseract. He uses it to open up a portal, as we know the Tesseract is the space zone. And... and 
a bunch of tentacles come out. Excuse me, I just burped and I just talked right through it as if it didn't happen. I didn't hear it, so it's fine. I'm so sorry. That was so gross. It's the and potatoes. It's impolite. the potatoes. Yeah, it's all that um, Guinness and potatoes. That Guinness. Oh, nice. You're not a beer person, though. It's so, like, not good. I didn't like it at all. It is good. It just wasn't to you. That was... <laughs> okay, fine. It's not my preferred beer at all. I like a Blue Moon. That's pretty much the only blue, beer blue that moon's I like good. to on blue moon's regularly. Good. Anyway, back to the octopus. So all the tentacles <laughs> come out. They, you know, Red Skull is basically his own worst enemy because he gets, you know, devoured just by one of the tentacles. And... Peggy has to make the sac sacrificial play by forcing the octopus back into the portal in which it came. She takes herself with it. and But they still have their conversation about the dance. They say, you owe me a dance. And she goes, mm -hmm. yes, Saturday night. But she doesn't say at the store club that she says right. America, the first Avenger. Um, and yeah, that's... And the episode ends with her like being transported back into the room. It looks like 2012... Um, where uh, Dr. Eric Selvig, Selvig yeah. um, is experimenting on the Tesseract when he's under Loki's control. Um, mm -hmm. It's essentially that room, except it's not you know, being taken over by Loki yet. It's just a room with Nick Fury and Hawkeye, where he explains <laughs> to her that the war was ended over 70 years ago. Yeah, so we still have that time ended. jump um, with her coming into the present day. And I, I think mm -hmm. it's just so interesting that, like, it kind of plays out the same way. It's just different characters in different roles. But I think mm -hmm. there's something really powerful about the statement that it makes having a woman be the mm -hmm. one who is like the one fighting at that time and being the super soldier and Steve having to be like the sidekick kind of um, figure. Um, mm -hmm. I like how they keep him skinny, too. It's not like, yeah. you know, they're like, oh, but we have a little bit more serum for you. It's like, no, he's just like skinny Steve Rogers, as he always was. Um, and I always thought it, it wasn't necessarily fitting the deep, booming voice with the um, skinny Steve Rogers. But in animated form, it works a little bit better because it's not yeah. this weird CGI Chris Evans where he's like like little puny Benjamin Button-like thing. Um, yeah. Their relationship kind of reminds me of now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. The Shrek. No, no, no. The donkey and dragon relationship in the Shrek movies. I'm like, Steve Rogers is donkey and Peggy, Captain Carter, is the dragon. That is a good point. That's that's good. <laughs> I was, I was like, watching Shrek 2 yesterday. So, you know, because now she's like, now that she has a theorem, she's like, the theorem hello the serum she's like a lot thicker than him she's like a foot taller than him now and i'm like i just love how like he's still like infatuated by her like he still yeah. like you know loves her like even though you know she's put on some muscle and is well i, I don't i don't think it would make her less like that muscle's cool no no i'm I, i'm saying like in the 1940s like mindset like a man oh like, like oh, girls aren't not, supposed to look like that desirable okay. for a dame like, ah, i got you gotcha, but gotcha, steve gotcha. doesn't care about that stuff he's like <laughs> oh my god it's peggy and now she's just she can lift me <laughs> <laughs> like dirty dancing steve. yeah exactly um so yeah the animation style i think is very cool like mm -hmm. for off the bat like i love kind of the color palettes and like the way it looks like almost like a comic book movie mm -hmm. but it has a little bit more artist like it's it's very interesting artistic choice it's not like your pixar bulgy kind of animation like we're seeing with most movies nowadays it's hand-drawn and i really like that um yeah, the voice sure. cast coming back too is is great i mean the one major one of course is chris evans isn't back um mm -hmm. and it kind of shows i think a little bit yeah steve is voiced by josh keaton and mm -hmm. not chris evans yeah did Which you i'm wondering did... why because 
it's contractual stuff i think it's like you have this many films in your contract and in order to get you for what if they would need to like say okay and then you also get this amount of movies left i think he was just him scarlet and robert downey jr were like yeah no um i have a list of the people who are not coming back if you want oh um i well i well i loved can i just say i loved mm -hmm. howard stark in this um, yeah in this episode going mm -hmm. off what you were saying about the animation style deal is that i loved um like the kind of old timey like tv show feel of it like that whole aesthetic like the moment where they're drinking in the bar right. and they almost go in for their first kiss but then like boom like howard stark's there and then it kind of just does that like zoom like circle zoom in on his face Oh my god! Yeah. Excuse me. What is going on? I'm so it's, sorry. It's the potatoes. You, you gotta get it out of your system. It's <laughs> like so embarrassing. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I loved how they brought back Dominic Cooper to be yeah. Howard Stark, even though they had recasted Howard Stark, obviously in the rest of the movies that he's okay. featured in. Mm -hmm. Um, I just thought that he was a great job, and th th he was a great character because. You know, they had the main antagonist, kind of the colonel, who didn't appreciate that it was a woman who had gotten the serum. And Howard Sark was just like, no, she can do the job just as as good as anyone else. And I needed someone to take the serum. And like Peggy Carter was more than qualified, you know? Right. It was very like uncharacter uncharacteristically like feminist of Tony. Yeah. I mean, not Tony, Howard Stark to like take mm -hmm. this stance. And it was yeah. great. And this is also an opportunity for, like, characters who didn't get a lot of, like, meaty stuff to work with in Phase 1 to, like, kind of rewrite that and be like, Howard Stark, we're going to give you a little bit more. Just because mm -hmm. it's like, you're known for being his dad and kind of not being the best dad. So, like, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think that's that's good that they are giving him opportunities. I did just look up um, some of the changes we're going to see in terms of voice casting. So, uh, Cap is not the same, obviously um star lord is not the same as that was that was very evident which we'll get to um is not the same uh peter quill uh, drax is not the same and there was some controversy on whether or not dave batista was asked or not but then i saw him do a disney plus commercial the other day so i don't know <laughs> what his deal is maybe they're making up for him that way um black widow black widow is not the same um well, let's see i i think carol danvers is not the same peter parker is not the same uh, they do not have Tom Holland. Um, Ultron is different. Gamora is different. Scarlet Witch is different. Shuri, Pepper Potts, and I believe everyone else is the original voice actor. Um, or not original, like Mark Ruffalo is instead of Edgar uh, Ed Edward Norton, but that's expected. Um, but I think everyone else is is who they are. And and I'm looking at this cast list, like uh, Natalie Portman's coming back um and we're gonna get like rachel mcadams for the doctor strange one and um uh benedict cumberbatch so like a lot of them are coming back for this which is good um but those few that i mentioned are the ones that are not but i i think they knew that chris evans not being here would sound a little off to some people so like they didn't give him a ton to do like they gave him a lot to do but it's more about you know peggy and then we get a lot from bucky and like it, it didn't take me out too much not having him there, but it, it was noticeable, you know? It was, yeah, it was for, it took me a second because I was hearing him talk and I was like, is that? And I was like, mm -hmm. I feel like it's, it's since I'm questioning it, it's not him, but mm -hmm. it didn't really like take me out of it. I was just, you know, it sounded enough like him and it was animated. So I was yeah. like, I was just along for the ride, but um yeah, I really like Dominic Cooper's performance. <laughs> well, there, there you go. When we do our, 
when we do our second for me when we do our second annual stanley awards best voice actor you can campaign for dominic cooper um so i i also think one of the improvements before we move on to the next episode is the fact that because of the animation style and the nature of the show being that everything is just kind of erased at the end, like it doesn't it doesn't have any permanence, they can mm-hmm. go bigger in the action and they can take some gutsier risks. I think going forward, knowing what's on the docket to come, aka uh, Avenger Zombies, like we are going to get some really crazy shit. But mm-hmm. uh, this was a little tamer, you know, we didn't see... Mm-hmm too much of like the i have all the power so i'm just gonna kill off all these characters like we didn't see that like we might for future episodes but i did like the action itself it seemed like there was even more action in this than there was in the first avenger like i really think because the first avenger there's that middle section where it kind of like montages through a lot of like the war stuff and i think this Mm -hmm. one it was like let's have explosions and fights and gunfire and all this stuff and and i like that um i I just I, i really enjoyed this i think because it is kind of more or less the same story and events it's just different characters in different roles it wasn't as intriguing as even the next one we'll talk about and uh what i think some of the other ones are going to be where it's just like totally different idea of what this story and these group of characters are and uh but i i did enjoy it um a lot so yeah i think it was essentially just like a love letter to peggy carter and like to just give her this um epic storyline was great i yeah. have some like easter eggy things yeah for sure and, and then i have one question that i'll ask at the end of each episode because i think it's a good question but okay. go with your easter eggs yes um so there's a moment during one of the montages that we see uh steve rogers has painted the words hello from brooklyn on each arm of the um oh. hydra stomper suit i looked into the hydra stomper to see if it's like a thing that came up in the comics or any other storyline at any point and it was just something that was written for this series. I didn't see anything major gotcha. with that. Um, during the train sequence, Bucky says, "Thanks, you almost tore my or you almost ripped my arm off," um, which I think was like a nudge, nudge, wink, wink to him. You know, obviously having a metal arm in the MCU that we know and love. Um, there's this great moment where Peggy kind of claps back at the Colonel and says the line that he said to her in the beginning, which is. Colonel, you're lucky to even be in the room, which I thought was like a great little comeback moment. Um, And then Howard Stark, during the last epic battle, when Howard Stark is like trying to figure out which button to push to kind of close the uh, portal with the octopus coming out of it, but he realizes that all the buttons are in German. He says that he spent a weekend with Heidi Lamar, but she wasn't teaching him German. Now, I obviously, like, I heard a name. I had to look into it. Um, Heidi Lamar was a real actress from the mm-hmm. 40s. Um, she was also an inventor. Uh, she, she was, yeah, she was, like, a scientist as well as an actress. And her, like, person, it actually inspired a character in on the show Agent Carter. The name cool. of the uh, character is Agent Cully. Um, so she was totally based off of Heidi Lamar. So I just thought that it was cool that they kind of name-dropped that character that they totally have used for other projects. I love yeah. how it came like full circle. I have a, I have a funny story about that actress that uh, it, it pertains to our, it pertains to our high school experience, but the, the people at home don't know. So it's like, uh, I'll just talk to you afterwards about it. Oh, uh, okay. I, I referenced that actress in one of the plays we did in high school, my character. So um, what? No, it was um oh. man who came to dinner. So I don't think you were in it, but oh no, um, no. But yeah, I like pull. Well, I guess we'll say it now. Um, the my character pulls out like like a bra out of his um his uh 
jacket uh, lapels and he's just like yeah this one i i copped off a heady lama like uh just holding it up waving it so um that, that's just a funny like oh yeah i know who that is um that voice you had to talk in the whole play yeah it was a Gil- uh, not that even like that was a tamer voice it was basically a gilbert godfrey impression so oh, okay. um it hurt <laughs> I was only in like 20 minutes of the show at the very end. So I got the whole show to just kind of like relax, but that, that was a fun show. But um, that just reminded me of that. I was like, Oh, nice. Um, so my question is, okay. Do you prefer this alternate reality or do you like how it played out originally? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know me, I love a good, like feminist storyline. Right. Um, I just think that, yeah, there's, I mean, we saw it in like the 30 minute episode is that with Peggy at the helm of the shield, there's really no, like there's no two hour movie you can make of it because she just gets everything done so efficiently, you know? Um, Hmm. Do I like, I don't know because I love Captain America. Right. I mean. But if he's in the ice, there's a way he could come back, you know? I don't know. I just I love how Cap how Steve Rogers becomes Captain America mm-hmm. and his whole arc about being just like the, not a perfect soldier but a good man. I'll give you some options. So it's either okay. this was a vast improvement, this was a horrible take, this was I like this story better, but I still like the original a lot. Or um, while this is an interesting take, I prefer the original. So there's like four, there's a spectrum of four you can go well, on. And I, I don't, I don't think it's one of the extremes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's one of the extremes either. I'm um, leaning more towards this was an interesting take, but I do still prefer the direction the original went. Yeah. Just because I think, you know, there's something about Cap being the one in this new universe that gets frozen and he's like, uh, yeah, I, I, it's tough. But I, I probably just because I'm used to it. Now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, wait, do I? Yeah, I'm like, do I just <laughs> like it because like I'm clouded by like nostalgia and like bias, no. probably. Um, but what I did also realize that at the end of this episode was that you know Steve was the one who got to grow old, and not just Steve, but Bucky as well. Bucky yeah. never becomes the Winter Soldier because he never fell off the train and was captured by Hydra. Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah. know. Like, do I? want to live in a world where Bucky's not the winter soldier. I don't think so. Maybe. Okay. So we, I think we're both on the same page, but a good take. Yeah. Um, next episode. Good take. It was fun. What if T'Challa became a star Lord? And I think first, before, first and foremost, before we dive into the actual synopsis and talk about it, um, this is the last performance ever for Chadwick Boseman. Um, I'm like getting a little teary talking about it now, but it's like, it's, it's sad. It's one of those things where you hear his voice and you're like, Oh, Chadwick. And then at the end, it gets you with that, like, in loving memory of our friend Chad, Chadwick mm-hmm. Boseman. And that's mm-hmm. where it's like, whoo, it like yeah. sinks in. And you're like, I just watched the last performance from this guy. Cause like, unless they use archival footage, that was the last time he recorded anything before he died. Even after Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which is a great last live action uh, mm-hmm. film to do. But um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was one of those episodes where I enjoyed it until it set in at the end. And then I was like, Whew, I'm emotional. And I think that's why I don't know if I'll revisit this episode too often, but yeah. um, I'm interested to hear what you thought of this one. Cause this one's, I think a little bit more like its own thing. Like the last one was kind of like the same story, just different people in different roles. Whereas this one's yeah. like uh, kind of a whole new story because of the way one event happened. And now it's a totally different like movie almost or yeah. show. Um, yeah. So give us your synopsis. But that, that was just one thing I wanted to say. It was like, 
it's with a heavy heart, but like we're gonna judge the art for the art, not because of the elephants in the room. So right. So when Craglin and Taserface mistake T'Challa for Peter Quill, the Ravagers take him in and change the fate of the universe. Nice. So essentially, <laughs> Dill, what happens is is that when exploring to go find um, Peter Quill for Ego, which was Yondu's original mission, um, they detect so much like power source from all the vibranium in Wakanda that they're like, oh, well, clearly that has to be the kid that's the son of a planet <laughs> yeah. god guy. So they just scoop up T'Challa while, when, one day when he's outside the borders of Wakanda. Uh, and then Yondu just like takes him aboard. He's like, I want to explore the world. And Yondu's like, why explore the world when you can explore the universe? Like, strap in, kid. Um, yeah, so T'Challa being like the moral compass that he is, uh, kind of just like changes. He really does change the fate of the universe. He changes yeah. the fact that the Ravengers aren't just like stealing to get rich for themselves. They steal from the rich and give to the poor. So Robin when T'Challa yep. shows up to get the Power Stone from Morag, first the first uh, noticeable difference is obviously, excuse me, the Kree soldier who finds him knows who he is because he has this great reputation following him around that he's this Robin Hood character for, you know, the galaxy. Yeah. And um, instead of taking the Power Stone and, you know, pawning it off to the Collector or uh, taking it to do, you know, keeping it from Yondu for, you know, what happened in the Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, T'Challa suggests you give it to the Krillorians to jumpstart their dying star. And I looked into who the Krillorians were because I wanted to know if we had seen them before, mm -hmm. if, you know, they were um, going to be a major plot point. And they're actually the pink people that we see throughout the galaxy. Okay. So the assistant yeah. who um, is the assistant to the collector, Karina, mm -hmm. the, you know, the pink woman. Right. And the actually the um, in Guardians of the Galaxy one when uh, Star Lord has just had like a one night stand with Barit, the girl who kind of climbs out of the chamber and right. is like, "What's going on?" Uh, she is also a Krillorian. So oh, cool! Those kind of cool. like the pinker alien race that you see in the universe. Those are nice. the Krillorians. Fun fact. Um, yeah, so they detected vibranium, so that's how they found Chala. Um, D'Challa, most notably in this episode, we found we find out that he stopped Thanos. Yeah, I think uh, that's the big thing to talk about because yeah, that was it is crazy. Nice guy Thanos in this episode, mm -hmm. and it makes me wildly uncomfortable. I don't know <laughs> how to feel about this. I like, knew it. I knew it would. Thanos. As soon as I saw it, I was like, she's gonna be like so uncomfortable by this, and it, it is uncomfortable at first, but it's also like. Cool, like, like I want to see this other side. It's, right. it's like when yeah. Cable has the turn in Deadpool too. It's like, and oddly enough, it's Josh Brolin. It's like, mm -hmm. what is it like to see this big tough guy kind of become a little bit of a softy? Um, yeah, and and he has and he has a really nice smile. Like he really does because he's what? got that, he's he's got a big like he's got such a big like jaw jaw. It's like when he smiles, it's like oh. <laughs> I just, yeah, I guess. I guess we really don't see Thanos smile ever throughout the Unless MCU. it's like a, like a, hmm. Like, like a I just defeated. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like kind of endearing. It's like, an, it's almost like having an old dad around who was like, yeah, I was going to snap away the universe, but I didn't. <laughs> like, yeah. I like so, that. 
he says T'Challa showed him that there were more ways to save the universe. And everyone's like, yeah, well, your plan was basically genocide anyway. And he's like, yeah, but it would have been efficient. And it's like, okay, well, <laughs> you didn't do it, but you still don't understand right. why you shouldn't have done it. So mm -hmm. how nice of a guy are you actually, Thanos? Um, Drax is noticeably uh, different in this um, storyline because his he has no family to avenge. His family's alive because right. Ronin never became uh, what Ronin became. Uh, so he's just working as a bartender. And right. loves T'Challa for saving his family. And as you said before, um, Drax is voiced by Fred. Oh, God, I can't read my handwriting. Tatoskiori. Tatoskiori. Thank you so much. He's voiced by him, voiced by him, and not Dave Batista, which I thought yeah. was interesting because I'm like, how much is Dave Batista actually worth? Like, he doesn't cost that much money to voice on what yeah, is. Yes, but uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> He's a busy guy, though. He's, he's like doing rude. a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, no. Like, he's, a, he's a busy guy. I don't so. know what's going on in Dave Batista's life. I'm just saying, like, he's definitely not worth what RDJ is worth, is what right. I'm saying. Um, Nebula is, like, totally different. She's not just made of robots because she was never getting trained to death to become Thanos' killing machine. So right. she looks like a normal gal. She kind of is giving me Hollywood starlet vibes, and she's getting, like, pretty <laughs> flirtatious. She yeah. calls... T'Challa Cha-Cha, she has this nickname for him. Like, she's, mm. like, this great, like, femme fatale kind of character. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the big antagonist in this storyline is the Collector, which actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because he collects things like that's his whole thing he collects weapons he collects things of mass disruption you know like mm -hmm. that's his I, whole thing i liked seeing the collectors like the big bad here because we didn't really get to see a lot of that in the mcu mm -hmm. he's just kind of like this little like weasley guy who works behind the desk but like this was cool to see him like actually fight and i think with mm -hmm. this story because you know also you have to think like actors limitations sometimes they can't do all the physical stuff you know but here it's like the Collector can do whatever the fuck he wants because he's animated. So it really just is the voice that has to carry it, which I think is really nice. I love when he puts on the Hella helmet. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, at first I was like, "What is that?" I was like, "Oh, that's Hella." Gotcha. Um, yeah, I, I really like that having that dynamic. Yeah, same. So instead of working for Thanos because Thanos never became Thanos, the Black <laughs> Order is working for uh, the Collector. So Ebony Maw, Proxima Midnight, Proxima Midnight's brother. The other one. Corvus Glaive. For the collector. That's that's the one like thing I pride myself in. That's what I pride myself in is like knowing all fours names. Knowing all their names. All right. Yes. All right. So you're a little bit better than me. I get it, Dill. No, no, no. Just those ones. I don't. I can't name anything else. Oh. Okay. It's just those because I saw Infinity War like four times when it came out, and I was like, okay, I know you all now. We're 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 on a first name basis now. People like when in Infinity War do they even say all the names? Like I they don't they... they don't but because I would like write letterbox reviews uh, mm. when I write letterbox reviews I tag like all the actors below so okay. I can like when I see other movies I can be like oh they were in that movie and that movie and that movie so like I would go through the cast list every time I'd write a letterbox review and be like oh that's who that is that is yeah so gotcha helps um, with trivia stuff but that's so about it <laughs> Yondu kind of keeps a big secret from T'Challa as he does Peter Quill he tells him mm -hmm. that Earth has kind of been destroyed and that his family mm. is all dead but then T'Challa finds out that his family's actually alive and they're currently still looking for him um and then at the end after you know Nebula is revealed to be like a, a triple agent 
and it's all been like a ruse to stop the collector. Yeah. Um, we cut to like kind of like a post credit scene moment with Ego finding the real yeah. Peter Quill working yeah. at um, a Dairy Queen. And mm -hmm. Peter Quill is not voiced by Chris Pratt. He is voiced by Brian T. Delaney. And he yeah. said that that was very apparent. That was the I most thought, obvious one for me. I thought that that was, I thought it was Chris Pratt. Really? I mean, maybe oh. I was just like not paying attention that much in like the first watch through. But I was like, oh shit, like good. I, they got Chris Pratt to do this one line. Like that's awesome. And then I was like, oh my God, it wasn't Chris Pratt. I thought it was like a spot on impression of Chris okay. Pratt. I, May, I gotta rewatch and see. Maybe maybe I was just like, I don't know. Because Kurt Russell is such, like, that is so distinctly recognizable. Yeah, they maybe got that's Kurt why. Russell to do one line for this. That was awesome. <laughs> I mean, that's easy. Like, hey, can you swing by the studio today and just say, like, hey, Pete? Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. I guess it's... Yeah. But I feel like asking some someone to just come by to do one thing is a bigger ask than like coming than asking someone to come and do like a day of work. Yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe he will do more. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Well, well apparently, I mean, it's setting it up. Like he said, the watcher says, like that's a story for another time, uh, mm. which means we might get one in like season two or something of like what happens with Peter Quill, Quill working at Dairy Queen. But you know, maybe it, it'll be interesting. Um, so essentially, yeah. what we got deal with this storyline is that. T'Challa is just a much better person than Peter Quill. So yeah. everything he touched essentially turned to gold mm -hmm. and everyone's like the literally the fate of the universe was affected like so much differently. Like the 23 movies, if T'Challa <laughs> was Star Lord, would not have happened because Thanos never became Thanos and like, right. you know, all, all that um, stuff, a so. few people have criticized it for that reason, been like, wow, okay. this is so this is so anti Star Lord and it's just because Chris Pratt is now problematic that like we need mm. to now erase Star Lord from and I'm like no it's not anti Star Lord I think it's more of an homage to T'Challa and who mm -hmm. Chadwick is also as a person because they made this before Chadwick passed so like this is just it really shows how endearing of a man and how powerful of a person he was that not even knowing he was on his deathbed basically while in this recording studio like the fact that like they still you know focused on the radiation of good that t'challa serves i think it's more of a pro t'challa than it is anti-star lord and like i've never been the biggest star lord fan so like i'm fine with it but like or peter quill i should say because now t'challa is star lord but um you know i haven't been the biggest peter quill fan I've, I've said it on record but like i i still i don't think this is an anti like peter quill i just think it's like this is such a more interesting take because you have someone so good um and what goodness can really do for the universe and like it, it just being a good person because a lot of these marvel heroes save for maybe cap and bruce banner like the original core like you know iron man's kind of a, a snooty you know he's a little bit of a dick early on like mm -hmm. thor is selfish sometimes like mm -hmm. hawkeye I mean, whatever um you know even N natasha's fine but also she has her own things with her family like she's yeah, salty she really about dark, some things like so yeah bad. like i i think a lot of and guardians especially like they're all misfits and i think that's why sometimes it is a more of a challenge and sometimes things go do fall apart that's why infinity war happens the way it does is because star lord can't wait two fucking seconds uh for them to get the, the glove off of thanos's hand and i get it we don't get the whole snap and end game without it. Yeah, I know. I know why you did it, but it doesn't make it less frustrating. And I think mm -hmm. this is just an example of like, this is what happens if you just have goodness, you know, and, and what happens by being good. And, you know, T'Challa is just the Paddington of this universe and I'm not mad about it.
Yeah, and it makes him, and you realize it makes him, like, different from, than just, like, Captain America's just, like, goodness. Because they kind of are, like, the moral compasses for both mm -hmm. of their groups, you know, in this, in for argument's sake. But T'Challa is, like, able to actually, like, affect people, where, like, Steve is constantly butting heads with Tony. Like, he cannot mm -hmm. budge, like, the people around him. He can only kind of really, like, just work on himself, and, like, that's why Civil War happens. Yeah. But T'Challa, he's able to, like, rewrite the entire, like, motive and objective of the Ravagers, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, he's able to touch people's hearts. He's able to get to the heart of Thanos and tell him that, like, hey, maybe don't, like, commit mass genocide and he's like well it's not genocide if it's random and they're like that's not the point <laughs> it's it's almost like the difference between holding the door open for someone because you have like good like values and you have good manners and then like holding the door open for someone and asking them how their day is and asking them how they're doing and like actually like doing more than just that like it's mm -hmm. yeah one is just because you're a good person and you like have good morals and good manners but then one is like you're actively trying to do good in the world beyond just what you're supposed to do. And I think that's the difference uh, between T'Challa and even Cap. And I love Cap, but it's like T'Challa is just I think this episode really showed just how pure and good he is. Um, yeah, I just love seeing just the different takes on these characters like Nebula and the Collector mostly just because it's so different um, and Thanos because it's just like. It's so interesting to see these characters in these roles. And I like how it wasn't just Guardians of the Galaxy. It wasn't just T'Challa with Drax, Gamora, mm -hmm. Rocket, and Groot. Because you don't need that. And again, right, Drax... They would, never, they would have never met. Because the right. whole Xandar sequence mm -hmm. didn't happen. And that's why I like this episode more, I think. Because it's like, now we're in a whole other story. We get to just kind of do our own thing with this. And I hope more episodes are like that. Like, this one event happened, so now, like it's just a whole other storyline rather than so this event happened so now this story is different because these characters are swapped you know it's it's i like the first episode but this one is really what was like you know this feels like what the series should be of like what if and like all these different possibilities of what if and i think that's what i hope the series leans into into more again i want a little bit more risk taking in terms of like you now can do whatever you want with these characters like you can really get kind of i don't want to say like get bloody and gruesome because that's just not marvel's nature but like you know like take a you take some big swings like shock us a little bit more but sure, i do yeah. think i think they think this did a very good job so yeah, yeah. what do you I, do you have any like easter eggs or anything here yeah and i was also gonna say like i was nervous going into this one because when i saw this like this premise of the episode and like the trailer for what if i kind of thought i was like well that's really random like how are they gonna like tie that together like how right. would t'challa end up in space like i don't understand but then like <laughs> after watching it twice i i really ended up enjoying it a lot because mm -hmm. i really do think like the last one was like a love letter to peggy like this one's like a love letter to t'challa and like the like the just the good effect he can have on mm -hmm. like quite literally an entire yeah. universe i'm interested to see if marvel zombies like who that's a love letter to. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Vision Corpse. Tony, <laughs> See, we went in two different directions. I said Tony Stark because, like, Tony Stark's corpse, and you said Vision because, like, Vision's corpse. Yeah, but Vision's um, corpse we actually see, like, in its yeah. rawest form. Can Vision be a zombie if he's just, like, a if he's, like, a robot? I don't know. I don't know. But maybe, like, I don't want to even get... I don't want to theorize because I don't want to be right and then be like, ah. So Yeah, I gotcha. So some Easter eggs that I noticed throughout the episode at seven minutes, one second, when um, 
T'Challa is running through Wakanda and he's like, you know, he's chasing after the spear he's been throwing. Um, you can see the outline of the Watcher in the stars kind of looking down at him. There's oh, a constellation yes, yeah. of him uh, that I noticed. I was like, whoa, that was totally the Watcher. Um, <laughs> at some point they mentioned scrolls. I think when they're like talking in the bar, they're like, oh, but they're nothing like this, those dirty old scrolls or whatever. Right. Um... Nebula, when Nebula first gets introduced, she's talking about um, his, like her dad, Thanos, as we know, uh, to T'Challa. And she's like, oh, he's lucky that he, I even call him the big guy. Like, he's not, they obviously have like a little bit of a rocky relationship. Not as rocky as a relationship in the MCU, right. but still not great in this episode. Right. And T'Challa says, you know, he gardens now. So <laughs> he has taken up his retirement plan early since not being a, um, master of genocide yeah but um, but he yeah he still gardens either way though and i think that's interesting he <laughs> he's always hobby. he's always had that master chef uh, quality to him <laughs> exactly um when we meet the collector uh we see all kinds of things in his like chambers including cosmo the dog um a dark elf is in a cage uh perhaps malekith himself um good name Paul. that's hard to come up with on the spot it's a hard name to remember. Well, I can't forget it because the way you have to pronounce it, Malekith, just like drives me nuts. Um, <laughs> and Howard the Duck is in this episode. He, yeah, he is. Uh, and he is voiced by Seth Green, a yeah. notable voice actor. Who and it's funny because great stuff. I was like, wait, is that Seth Green? And I looked up, I was like, it's Seth Green. And then I looked and he did voice him in the other Guardians movies, but we only hear like one line from Howard the Duck in those movies. Oh, so wow. like. I didn't even know that. And I was like, wow. Okay, Chris Chris Griffin. Okay. I, I didn't know that at all. Good for yeah. Seth Green. Yeah, good for um, Seth Green. Love Seth Green. Love Seth. When the collector pulls up his kind of like weaponry, his like wall of weaponry, we see <laughs> that he has uh, Mew Mew, Mignor, Mjolnir. Mjolnir. <laughs> I call it Mew Mew just because it's I gay. love quoting Cat Dennings. Mew too. <laughs> and uh, he has Cap Shield. He is the Captain America Shield. And obviously, he puts on Hela's uh, crown, and he fights with like the blades. Um, yeah, and that's it. What that's it? Yeah, all I have uh, Easter egg wise. It's just it's uh, it was a very interesting take. So I'll ask you the same thing. Do you think this is like a vast improvement, a vast uh, embarrassment? Do you think it's like a cool experiment? But I prefer the way it played out in the MCU. Or do you think like I like how this played out in the MCU as much as I love, or I love how this played out here as much as I love what they did in the MCU? You know what? I I think I'm going to go with the last one you said. I like them equally as much as okay. I liked what happened in the MCU as much as I liked what happened in this episode. Yeah. I thought it was a very interesting take. I'm leaning toward I think this is the way I like it to play out more than the MCU because I think you can still get the movie Black Panther mm. if you know this happens cuz what if he can go back to Wakanda and then be and then his dad can die just naturally as an old man opposed to at the un mm -hmm. you could even have the un stuff happen who knows and then he takes the mantle of black panther and then you know killmonger could come in and say hey it, it's mine and t'challa could be like no it's mine but then the thing is what makes it interesting is that t'challa now is also kind of an outsider coming into wakanda for the first time he mm -hmm. hasn't been there so then it's like more of an equal playing field because mm -hmm. t'challa and killmonger have both been separated from wakanda now they're both coming into wakanda i think that'd be an interesting 
take two because now it's like you don't have any rights uh, as someone who's been here forever because you just got here too. You were with the Ravagers the whole time and now you're just back in Wakanda and you can just take the throne. Well, guess what? I want the throne too. I think that could create an interesting dynamic. So I think, honestly, I like how this plays out because I think, you know, in this scenario, Yondu doesn't die um, and Thanos is pretty good. You know, the only thing we don't get is like Gamora and stuff, but maybe mm-hmm. in some other universe, like Peter Quill will still end up with Gamora, you know, because I don't want T'Challa and Gamora. I want T'Challa with Nakia. So I, I really think this is, I really like this. And I, I think if the MCU went in this direction instead, I think it would be just as good. Um, mm-hmm. obviously you don't get Thanos and the snap and all that, but you can have another right. big bad, you know, you can have Mephisto instead of Thanos who's collecting infinity stones and it just, it's different, you know, and has a different motive. Do you um, think there's going to be a what if episode where it's like Mephisto is at the center of it because they were like, they saw how badly we were all freaking out about him in, in Wanda. I don't know. And Only like, well, and and because it's what if it means you can cast any voice actor because they don't have to. There's no physical demand. So like, I'd love to see like Morgan Freeman as like Mephisto. She's like, I've got you now, and it's like, whoa, <laughs> Morgan Freeman. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it, great episode overall. Again, the voice acting is great. Uh, Karen Gillan coming back, so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chadwick, of course, beautiful. I mean, he has, I think, the most distinct voice in the MCU. I'm trying to think like. RDJ maybe, but we're again we're gonna see someone take you know hum of his voice next week. But yeah, I really don't see anyone as iconic of a voice in the MCU as Chadwick at this mm-hmm. point. But who knows? Um, I can't think of any right now. Maybe Loki, but even then, it's like I feel like someone could do a good Loki impression, but it's like T'Challa is just so mm-hmm. its own thing, you know? Yeah. Um. Sure. So that's what if episodes one and two. We liked it. We're good. We're 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 happy with it. I I. I am only more excited to see what what comes later because I think this was kind of easing us in and I think we're mm-hmm. really going to get wild and wacky. I hope. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, on the schedule for the next few weeks, you know, we got What If, but we've also got uh, Shang-Chi coming. So um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think, I think two episodes from now. So this week you're getting one and two. Next week you'll get episode three. The week after you'll get Shang-Chi. And then the week after that we'll do the two episodes of What If together. Opposed to doing two episodes of Marvelous Movie Mondays like we did with Loki. Because Loki was so much to talk about Mm -hmm. with Black Widow. Uh, We did two separate episodes. I think this one we'll just do a Shang-Chi episode. And then the next week we'll do whatever we missed for What If. And then the next What If. I think that's just the easy way to do it. Because we're under an hour and we were able to fit in two episodes. So, Um, Kelsey... Any last thoughts on what if before we plug our social needs? Um, no, you pretty much said it all. I'm excited for what's to come, Dill. Cool. Um, so what if the audience wanted to find you on social media, Kels? Where would they go? Oh, I see what you did there. You I could was, that find was me good. on Instagram at Kelsey A. Kilpatrick. You could follow me on TikTok at Cause13. Or you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, Cause Productions. Uh, you can see all about my Ireland adventures. If you're at all interested in going to Ireland or what you, you know, and you want to know what to expect there, mm-hmm. you can watch that video. It's basically like a 20 minute montage of just different potatoes Kelsey ate. As I, yeah, I, yeah that's that's all it is. Yes. Yeah. No, we don't hear anything else about like the lavish green uh, scenery or anything like that. It's just the potatoes. Um, what was the best potato dish you had? Ooh, okay. <laughs> Good question. Um, Who cares about what if? This is the juicy stuff we want to get to. <laughs> some, well, as we know, their French fries there are called chips. So I had quite a good, like, good amount of, like, chips. And what are there. chips called? 
Um, chips are called crisps. crisps. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, um, ooh, potato dish. I would have to say I had a really good. Maybe it was because I was drunk. They hit different, but there was. They we went to a pub one night and they handed out just like free baskets of chips, and they were just so good. They were so yummy. They were like fried perfectly. They weren't too greasy. weren't too salty. Yeah. They were perfect. So yeah, maybe they were air fried. The best potato I had. I love I love air frying potatoes now. Like that's my way to go because it's not as greasy, but you yeah. still get the flavor and the crunch. Oh. Yeah, totally. So good. Um, yeah, I, I've been laying off of carbs, but I might have to go eat potatoes now. So um, I'm actually going to the Yankee game. So I, I'm going to I'm going to actually stuff my face with French fries now. Which yeah. is great. Or sorry, chips, French chips. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, you can find me at Dylan underscore and on Twitter and Letterboxd. I didn't put that on there, but follow me on Letterboxd. I'm doing reviews there. TikTok at Dylan Randazzo 417 and the Dill Pickle Movie Network. That's where you're seeing this. If you're watching on video, if you're listening on audio, give us a five-star review. If you feel like we have less than, that we're less than five stars, let us know what we could do better, but still give us a five-star review because it helps. And then um, uh, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. It's probably there. Um, it should be because I you know, sign up for all of them, but, um, check us out on YouTube too, to see our faces or, or see Kelsey's and, and block out mine because mine is a uh, very groggy this morning, but it's okay. Um, we do what we do, uh, to give you the content you deserve. And, um, that's all on that. See y'all next week with what if episode three, which I don't even know what the name of it is. So it'll be what if something. Yeah.